0: The Real Men Connect podcast is blessed to have the Basic Solutions Group as one of our ministry partners. The Basic Solutions Group is one of the leading app creators for ministries worldwide. So whether you want to increase your ministry's reach, maximize your impact, or multiply your message, then check out the Basic Solutions Group at basicsolutionsgroup.com. And to see what they can do for you, just go to your app store and download the Real Men Connect app for free on any iPhone, Android, mobile device, or tablet. Just go to your app store and type in the word Real Men Connect. That's one word, no spaces.
1: Welcome to Real Men Connect. Are you ready to be the extraordinary man, husband, father, and leader God called and created you to be? Then get ready to receive wisdom and guidance from some of the country's most respected men of faith as you learn everything you need to know to go from good man to great man, God's way. No judgment, no shame. Just real men with real challenges seeking
0: real change. All for God's glory. Hello, mighty men of God, and welcome to the Real Men Connect podcast, where we help good men become great men God's way. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Martin, and every week we interview some of the nation's most respected and accomplished men of faith to find out what it really takes to become the kind of husband, father, and spiritual leader God called and created us to be. Each interview session is packed with practical, proven biblical principles you can immediately apply in your relationships, on your job, and in your community. Today, we have with us my guest, Scott Kadersha who is the director of premarital and newly married ministry and is operating out of Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas, one of my favorite cities. Now, through his blog, Scott provides counsel, wisdom, and advice on how to best prepare for marriage and how to establish, build, and strengthen a firm foundation once you're already married. Through his ministry, Scott works with many couples who are dating and engaged, with couples who are newly married, and with couples who are in crisis. He's married to his beautiful wife, Kristen, and they have been married since 2001, and they are proud parents of four boys. God bless it. And before today, I hadn't had the pleasure of meeting Scott, but I found about out about him through All Pro Dad, which is one of the largest websites for fathers on the internet, where we both serve as regular columnists. And when I visited Scott's blog, I was intrigued by a guide he gives away for free to all of his visitors, giving them 124 killer date night ideas. And because of that, I invited him to be on the show today to talk to us about it. Now, of course, we're not going to cover all 124 ideas. You can go to his blog for that. But we are going to talk to Scott about dating our wives and why it's so important. So with that being said, I'd like to welcome Scott Kadersha to the Real Men Connect podcast. Thanks for being on the show, Scott.
2: Dr. Martin, great to be here with you. Really excited and grateful for all that you're doing. And uh, what a pleasure to be here with you guys today.
0: And Scott, we wouldn't even have a show if it wasn't for guests like you who are willing to give um, give some time out of the, in their schedule to help us um, enlighten and um, educate and inspire and encourage men. So we really appreciate you having you being on the show today. Thank and, you. And Scott, I want to start. We always start our show by asking men to share their favorite Bible verse with us, and just a word from God that inspires them, sort of like their anchor and their go-to verse. Even though we, you probably have tons of verses that you that you that you love, but is there one particular verse that stands out to you that gives you inspiration from the Lord, and why?
2: Yeah, I love this question, and so many I could I could think of, and uh, you know the one that I just I continually land on it is uh, is Paul's words in First Timothy one fifteen. So this is Paul. He says, "Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance: that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst." And, and it's just it's a little bit of a strange verse, and can be a little bit self deprecating, but but I live my life under this, uh, gratefulness that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And and with my past and and so much of my baggage, uh, I know what I have been saved from. And, And I try to live out of this, uh, you know, the, the assumption that, that I'm the biggest problem in a relationship in my marriage with my kids, with coworkers, with my boss, with friends. And it just puts me in this, this humble posture, hopefully of, of remembering what Christ has done for me. And then I'll just focus on the other person, but to to deal with my side of the street before I worry about anything else.
0: And Scott, that's a great um, segue into the first question I was going to lead into, because I was on your blog and you have some great information and we're going to make sure that they know how to access that before um, we leave today. But on your blog, you have mentioned that you were without God for 24 years. I think you described it as being even godless for 24 years. And so if you don't mind, since you brought it up now, talking about, you know, Paul saying he's the chief center, the biggest. Tell me, uh, what was life like for you
2: before you came to Christ? Give us your story. So, I, you know, I grew up in the Northeast and um, my dad died at a, at a young age. Mom remarried. And we always assumed we were, you know, I always assumed I was a Christian because I wasn't Buddhist or Jewish or Muslim and kind of lived life in this. I'm a Christian because I'm a, I'm a male and a middle income home in, in America, and uh, when I got to college, I quickly learned what a what a Christian was, probably the first time I've ever met someone who is a real follower of Christ. And, and at that time, I, I realized that I, I had no need for God, no desire to follow God. I think so much of that stemmed from just a lot of guilt and shame from pornography and sexual sin and, and just the decisions I made. And so I essentially lived, especially in college and in high school, just this godless life. Where I wasn't a, yeah, you know, I wasn't a horrible, like uh, crazy, uh, off the off the charts person, but just the decisions I made with with women and pornography and life was all about me and took advantage of it as, as much as I could. And uh, you know, on the outside, I had it all together, very successful academically and relationally, friends with with everyone, but really empty on the inside, and so grateful. You know when I finished I went to Wake Forest University in North Carolina. When I got to my senior year, I realized this dichotomy of, you know, very worldly successful and academically successful, but empty relationally. And you know, and in God's perfect timing, he brought this guy named Will into my life who shared the gospel with me very clearly and loved me and poured into me and spent time with me and, and uh, it took me a few years to get it before I really uh, kept, you know, I was, I was trying to earn my way for a couple of years. And then finally, at the age of 24, it was this uh, Saul to Paul conversion where the, the scales fell off my eyes and trusted in Christ as a 24-year-old. And, you know, God radically changed my life in, in every way as a 24-year-old guy.
0: You know, now Scott, you mentioned that your dad died at a young age. First of all, how old were you when your, your father passed?
2: Yeah, so I was uh, I was four years old when he had his first major heart attack. And so my my memories of him and he was in and out of the hospital for the next two years. So I was six when he passed away. He was thirty nine at the time. Uh very very young and confused and lost. And fortunately I have an amazing mom, which I'm extremely thankful for. Grew up in a blended family. Mom remarried when I was either nine or 10 years old. My stepdad actually just passed away uh, a couple months ago, two months ago, but uh, you know, in March, but an amazing, amazing stepdad. Uh, so incredibly grateful for, you know, for a, for a stepfather in a blended family that was, that was a really healthy one to grow up in.
0: Okay, and Scott, and I don't mean this as any dishonor to um, your family because obviously you're, you you credit them for being great parents, but you didn't really receive the gospel until you got to college. What do you think was missing from your home life that you didn't get it earlier on? Yeah, the, yeah, it's a
2: great question. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, no, no, go right ahead. Yeah, we, we attended church sporadically, but we I wouldn't say I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up in a really moral home and a good home, but, but not a home where, where the gospel was ever shared, where we read the Bible or discussed our faith. And so it was, uh, you know, my, my mom would acknowledge that, that it was just a, a real, I wouldn't say a, You you could say it was a godless home, but it wasn't a completely, uh, it was a healthy home environment relationally, but we, we never had any discussions about faith or about who Jesus was.
0: Yeah, I I sort of like when I'm talking with my son, who's now an adult, you know, he's 21, but um, he would tell me, you know, he would share with me things he would learn and he would ask him his friends when he was in school and high school and even in middle school. And I would always tell him, I said, now, is that good advice or is that godly advice? And I had to let him know that there was a difference. And so what you're telling me that you were growing up, you grew up in a healthy, good household, but it wasn't a godly biblical household. And so and, and so it is possible that people can grow up in healthy families, but still not have that connection with Christ. And so it didn't happen for you until you got to college. So now here's another question I want to follow up with then. Cause now you're doing marriage ministry. Now, how what made you or inspired you to say, okay, I want to pursue this type of <laughs> ministry? If one, you know, you didn't see a godly marriage, you saw a really good marriage, you saw a healthy marriage. And then you didn't know God for yourself. Then you came to Christ later on. But what inspired you to go into this particular ministry and not like youth ministry or something like that, yeah. or prison ministry?
2: <laughs> That's a great question. So, uh, you know, the answer, is, I mean, it's its purely just where the Lord led, led us. And I, I don't even like that uh, short response. I mean, it was really God's grace, I, I would say, put me in this position. So. I actually went to physical therapy school and became a physical therapist for a couple of years. And uh, and that was right around the time I became a follower of Christ. And I, I mean, I kid you not, from the minute I trusted in Christ, I knew I wanted to go into ministry because my life had been changed so much. And specifically, the next couple of years, God really used a, a small group of men around my life as a, as a single guy and then used couples when we got into a couples community that I, I thought I was gonna go into ministry and be a community pastor or an associate pastor. Well, I graduated from seminary, fast forward a couple years, and the job that was available at Watermark uh, was, uh, was half community, so working with married community groups, and then the other half was, was marriage ministry. And I, I didn't really know what that meant, but I took the job, it was the, the best job available, and, uh, and it's the, the school I went to when, when I was in seminary, long story short. I got into the job and very quickly just fell in love with this stage of life, getting to work with pre-married couples and newly married couples, helping couples be enriched in their marriage, helping them restore when the wheels fall off. And so no one, no one, no one ever goes up saying, I want to be a marriage pastor when I grow up Mm. yet. I hope that changes (laughs) in the future. Uh, but, but it's just, I fell into it, honestly, you know, Dr. Martin, it was, it was the job that was available. And I'm, so incredibly grateful for what I get to do. You
0: know, and we know that all all these steps are ordered and preordained by God. He knew you were going to step into that ministry before you did. You know, but I'm always curious to hear how people were led to it by by God to do it. I mean, it's no different than me with men's ministry. You would have never told me in a million years <laughs> that I will be ministering to men because I always had a problem with men. Uh, from my childhood um up until just me accepting the call to do this just uh over two and a half years ago. So I understand about being led. Now, the reason why I brought you on the show, Scott, because I-, I was intrigued when I saw 124 um, <laughs> date night ideas, you know, and there's a lot of people saying there's different ways you can date your wife. My thing is, I, I don't know, maybe because I'm just a boring person. I kind of stick to my go to dates with my wife. But I was intrigued that somebody came up with that many. <laughs> and so, so I wanted to bring you on to talk. Not we're not going to get into the specific dates because we're going to learn a lot about dating your wife. But and I'll sh- have you share some with us. But let's let's start from the beginning because even though it seems kind of obvious to us as men that we should be dating our wives, because um, and you know this from working with men and couples. But why is dating? Our wives so important for that person who still doesn't think is that essential. You would know firsthand because you have a front row seat. Why is it so important for us to start
2: dating our wives consistently? So you know what I think where my passion came from largely in this is as a and my story is so similar to so many other guys that when I was pursuing Kristen, I was creative and I was engaging and we'd try new things. We'd go to different parts of town. We'd you know, we were creative really because I wanted to impress her, right? Like I wanted her to think I'm different than other guys and, and I'm worthy of, of continuing to, for her to be continue to be interested in me. And, and I've seen the story so many times that the couples are creative on the pre side. And then even as newlyweds, you know, maybe when life is, is a little simpler for so many of them, there's a double income, no kids. And, you know, they're just excited about this new stage of life and they, pursue each other, and they're creative, and and then somewhere along the way, they don't fall out of love. um, Marriage might still be in a good place, but they might have kids, and all of a sudden, life changes dramatically, and they quit pursuing each other, you know, and and yes, things change. You've got a child at home or children at home, and life is not as simple as as it might have been, but somewhere along that time, as I was walking through this, when we had my wife give birth to twins, you know, a couple of years in marriage. And then I watched our story. We just became the boring couple that stayed at home and hung out with kids and paid bills and didn't pursue each other. I, I read a book about marital infidelity. And one of the, it's fascinating, you know, that the couples who have an affair, whether they've been married for one year, seven years, 47 years, one of the most common characteristics is that there's boredom in their relationship. They quit They quit pursuing each other, they're not creative. And so, not to excuse it at all, but one spouse will look for fun and adventure outside of marriage. And so one, I'm, I'm going, I do not want that to be my story. Like I, I am gonna pursue my wife, I want her to know how much I love her and I wanna be creative. And we, to be to be really, really clear and fair, I, I do not, I'm not an A plus at this. I struggle with this as much as any other guy, but I said, we're going to be intentional in our marriage. We're going to date each other. We're going to pursue each other. And, and so that became part of my story. And then I just I said, this is not, this is not just for me to benefit from. I've got to tell that to others. And so we started to teach that in our marriage ministry and, and really made sure that we're we're continually beating the drum for couples. And you've got to continue to date and pursue each other.
0: And so what you're telling me, and I'm just rehashing, is that in a sense, when we talk about the importance of dating our wives, one, it, it kind of fair proofs your marriage. Um, it keeps it fresh and, and trying to be creative. And I'll tell you something else I just pulled from what you said, and because I always try to use things to kind of keep it ingrained, because, you know, you'll hear a good idea and then you walk away and you'll forget about it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking we hear dating your wife, dating your wife. Dating, it's so important to date your wife. You just said something that I'm going to change the word. I'm not going to use dating. Well, for this interview, we'll keep using dating. But for me personally, I'm hearing you say this. I don't need to be dating my wife. I need to be pursuing my wife. And so wouldn't that, how does that change? That changes your whole mindset that, oh, I'm not, I don't need to schedule a date with my wife. I need to schedule some time to pursue her. And do it creatively. So that was an aha when you were sharing that. And I I wrote that down in my notes that I'm going to start using that terminology when I say it to myself, because I can see it easily become like, oh, I guess I (laughs) got to date my wife this week. You know, yeah. yeah. it's another thing you got to do. Go that feeds back in what you were saying before, Scott, about the boredom part of it. You know, and so so let's start. Let's go into this question. then: Is there a right or wrong way to date or pursue your wife? Or is it impossible even us as dudes to screw this up?
2: Yeah, this, you know, can't, how do you do it? Yeah, well, yes, we can. Very, very we can easily. screw it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard of other guys. It's never happened to me, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, now let, let me go back one second to that. Just the pursuit. I love the way you said that because you know sometimes there's a stage of life when if you've got a newborn at home, you may not be able to go on a date night, quote unquote, with your wife. You know, it might be that you're going to put your baby down and you're going to sit across the kitchen table from each other or sit on the couch next to each other and you're going to communicate and you're going to play a game together and you're going to, you know, you're going to pursue each other, you know, sexually. Uh, All of that is connected and it's not like you're not leaving the house going on a date night. Uh, You know, even the sometimes going to home Depot with my wife is a date. If I'm away from my kids and we're able to be alone together, that's a date night or uh, or we might go to you know go out for lunch in the middle of the day. All of our kids are in in school now, and so we can grab lunch on a Thursday at twelve o'clock. That's a that's a date. It's not a quote unquote date night, but we are on a date with each other. We're pursuing each other. We're being intentional. Uh, we're you know First Peter three seven. Husband, live with your wife in an understanding way, and so it allows me to live with Kristen in a way that shows I understand her and I get her, and I want to continue to pursue her and get to know her. So uh, it makes sense there. You know, yeah, it, so I, it sure does.
0: Now, but now you said that it's possible that we can screw this up. <laughs> so tell me, cause that makes sense. You said be intentional about it and, and look at the little things that you do as being a date. And I'm glad you said that Scott, because you answered a question I was going to ask a little bit later about people saying they can't afford to. And we might go back to that again, but I want to now go to the other side of, okay, we're being intentional. We say, okay, we don't have to go anywhere to go on a date. So how can we screw it up then? Is it, you said it's possible. How do we do
2: that? Well, you know, so I think one thing is just a, and you mentioned it b- before, you know, and I, I do the same thing. I think the easy date is let's go on a dinner and let's go to a movie. And sometimes it's not even go to dinner. It's just, let's go for a movie for a date night. And I go that, so you're getting in a car and you're driving somewhere and then you're going to sit next to each other and not speak to each other for a couple hours and then come home. And th- there's nothing wrong with doing that on occasion. You know we love going to the movies, but if that's if that's the only quote unquote date night I go on, I I don't. I think we could do better. And then uh, if we do something just that we want to do, if we don't date our spouse in the way that they want to be pursued, uh, so I'm almost like speaking their their love language. If they like quality time together, uh, if my Kristen likes quality time, but but I prefer uh, gifts, you know whatever whatever it might be. If I'm not pursuing her in a way that says I know her and I understand her and we're not spending quality time together, then not, it's better than nothing. But I'm not pursuing her in an intentional way that shows I understand who she is.
0: Right. So, yeah, it's better than nothing, but not too far from nothing. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so, that's right. But, you know, that's, that's got, good. That's, good. I, you know, that's, that's really good stuff, because you're saying that you can be on a date with your wife, but if you're not communicating, then you're still not really pursuing her. You know what? You know, and I'm guilty of this because we go on. We love movies, but one of the things we do do is we talk about the movie when we leave, and we look at how it relates to our lives. Because you know, I tend to read everything in the movies. I mean, I can watch Bambi oh. and get some <laughs> deeper meaning, spiritual meaning out of it. You know, uh-huh. but we, but that's our way. I didn't realize that's our way of um, becoming closer and building intimacy. I just thought we just talking about a movie. But so you're saying that, and but you also brought up a great point. About If we're only pursuing the kind of things we want to do, then we're being selfish Then we're not really pursuing her. We're just pursuing what we want to do. Now, I'm going to put another spin on that because I know there's some guys out there who may be thinking the same thing I'm thinking right now. You know, you have that guy when the wife says, "Okay, yeah, baby, we need to spend some time together. We need to go. And then he says, then she asks him, what do you want to do? And you know that response that's coming, Scott. Uh Well, I don't know. I don't know. What do you want to do? Now, if if that is that guy, if you're that guy who, I don't know, you know, I'm just, <laughs> I just want to spend time with you. Um, and, but yet that kind of can frustrate the woman because she likes sometimes for the man to take the lead and think of something. So she doesn't have to have another responsibility. What do you suggest for that guy who doesn't, well, you got 124 ideas, but what do you suggest <laughs> that he says to her that could help him? Um, Get over that that of uh, I don't know what to do. Whatever you want to do.
2: It doesn't matter to me. Yes. Well, I you know, that's a great question. So I think that comes back to, you know, how we live with each other. The other the times we're not dating each other when I'm intentional with with Kristen, I pay attention to her all the time. I know what kind of food she likes. I know what kind of date she likes. I know what's going to encourage her. I know her mood in a particular day. And so if she says that, you know, what do you want to do? Instead of me saying, I don't know, what do you want to do? I might say, hey, here are three things I think we could do tonight. Yeah, and they're, you know, one of the, might be three completely different ideas. But because I know her, I know probably one of them she's going to want to choose. Or I might say, hey, I'm going to, I'll tell you what, let's get in the car and I'm going to surprise you. I've got a great idea. I I, want to be prepared. So when I put a date night on the calendar, I know what we're going to do. I know where we're going to go. I don't want to leave it as this vague, uh, you know, date night where we where we spend. And we've done this before, where we literally went on a two or three hour date night when we had young kids, and we spent an hour of that driving around trying to find a, a restaurant where to go. And we, you know, by the time we got there, we're like, now we're mad at each other. <laughs> wait, wait to uh, <laughs> to so we've learned the hard way. Of, you know, planning ahead and then giving some options.
0: And Scott, boy, you're making me feel convicted right now, man, <laughs> because because I'm always the person I, I always now I'm the person who sets the date. And which for us, is every Friday because we're both self-employed. You know, I'm in full time industry. She runs a, a business. So we have flexibility in our schedule. But I'm guilty when you just convicted me, man, I'm guilty of not having really anything planned other than to be with her and now you're telling me to be more intentional about that but I love that give her three options and let her choose um, and I'm hoping that with your 124 date, date nights, somebody will come up with something and say, you know what, let's start planning this a little bit, um, uh, more proactively. So I, I'm glad you shared that, but I need to stop doing that and just have it. I think it was well, on the calendar. That's enough. And you're telling me that's not enough.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> you gotta right. You got Better than nothing, but make you yeah, make plan it out. And hey, let me tell you how I came up with that list. So you asked about that before. So I help lead our, uh, pre-marriage ministry at our church and, Uh, We started talking about, you know, continuing to date and pursue your spouse. Well, one of our one of our leaders sent me an email. He said, hey, what have you put together just to help us? You know, because I I need help just like you. uh, Hey, give me some ideas and different places to go. And and so I was like, that's a fantastic idea. So I emailed probably about 100 different friends and leaders within our church and ministry and said, hey, just send me. All of your date night ideas. And like they can one, only come some, up with one idea each. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Some, yeah, some are like, I don't know, I can't wait to see the list Send it to Yeah, me. <laughs> yeah but, but you know, most of me, you know, here's two or three of our favorite things we've done, and so I took all of them and just put them in different buckets. You know, some of them were outdoor adventure, some of them were restaurants, and you know, or types of you know food to go and try. Uh, some of them were more like challenges. Those are, those are my favorites on the list. Like, um, we, we may get there later, but one of them might be pick a color. And so, uh, color blue. And so if it's my turn to plan the date, I'm going to plan a day night all around the color blue. We're going to go walk around the lake. We're going to go eat Mexican food, a blue goose. And then we're going to, um, uh, you know, we're going to go, um, I don't know, go watch the Dallas Mavericks. They wear blue. <laughs> or something like that. Right. Or here, another favorite is is planning around initials. So my wife's uh, wife's name is Kristen Kadersha. And so her middle initial is is L. So we might um <laughs> I've said this one before. This one fits my fits my personality well. It's, so it's K L K. So K for Kristen. We're gonna go eat a donut, at Krispy Kreme. Okay. Yeah, I love go, that. <laughs> we're gonna go walk around the lake. To burn off that Krispy Kreme and then her last name, last initial is K. So obviously we gotta go back to Krispy Kreme. So, <laughs> <laughs> so same leg, Krispy Kreme. Get as much as many donuts in there as possible. Oh, yeah. that is awesome. You know, I'm hoping that if the guys are being
0: inspired by this, because you actually I was gonna ask you about some of your favorites, and we'll probably go back to it again because I'm sure you have a bunch of them. But uh I'm hoping that by the time this, this episode is over and we finish this interview, that they're going to be so hyped because I'm already getting hyped because <laughs> I can't, because I'm going to tell you one thing, and this is the kind of person I am, and just pray for me, Scott. I, I'm not going to let my wife listen to this episode. I'm not going to let, I'm just going to th- make her think I thought of this all by myself and because I love her so much. I'm just that kind of creative guy. <laughs> but that's what I'm hoping that the guys will, will blow up your website because <laughs> you're giving it away for free, these ideas on on how to do this. So we're hoping that the men will be encouraged by this. Now, I mentioned a little bit earlier, Scott, about how um, we use excuses, our budget, and you're blowing that all out of the water yeah, today. Yeah. So you don't really need to have oh, any yeah. money <laughs> to be able to do this stuff. But give me some other um, cheap, for lack of a better word, cheap ideas that's good for dates that will still um, make that connection of us pursuing
2: that our wives, but at the same time, it doesn't break the bank account so I'll give you a couple, a couple of thoughts and then some specifics. So one, you know, I think just a, a great conversation for us all to have with our spouses, what, what do we consider a date? And so, you know, there's actually, it's interesting that guys report going out on more dates than women. And so we just have a, we have a, a wrong memory of dates. We think we did each other much more often than we probably do, but just what, what is a date? What would, what would bless you? What would encourage you? And so just sharing some ideas, you know, we might've said in the past that. Chick-fil-A was a date night, but now with four kids, that is not a date night. Christian would, you know, that's just I, dinner <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. with a lot of kids running around that doesn't bless her. And so, <laughs> right. it, you know, is Starbucks, is that, is that a date night? And so it, if it is, if you, if I can get away from kids, if I can get alone, intentional time with my wife and I have a great time for less than 10 bucks, that that's a huge win. So it doesn't need to be a lot of money. Uh, we, we've got one. You've got your Friday night standing date night. One of our standing date nights is, uh, is we do a college football date night. And so I happen to be a very, very blessed man who has a wife who loves college football. Oh, I wish Tanya was into football. <laughs> yeah. that, that's what I need to pray for you and everyone
0: yeah.
2: else. It's, it is a glorious thing. So she, uh, <laughs> So we'll put the kids down early, as early as we – it's harder now that they're pre-teenagers. But when they were younger, we'd, we'd put them down to bed as early as we could. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to do like 3 p.m. She's we can't we can't do that. But you know, seven o'clock, put the kids in bed. We'll get takeout, and we would sit on the couch and watch all kinds of college football. You know, there's you know Saturday nights you got four or five different games at the same time. So, yeah, you know, we'd eat great takeout. We would watch college football, and we would just sit next to each other on the couch. We put our Phones away, computers away, and it's just the two of us. And so that that didn't cost hardly anything. It was less than twenty bucks for a for some takeout, and then we're watching TV and we're hanging out with each other. So just defining what a date is. Uh, another specific. I love this one. Some of these. Again, this is where it helps to get ideas from others. But some said, "What if you did like a free date night where you go to Sam's or Costco and you try and sample some food around the restaurant?" You go to a, a bookstore half price books Barnes and Noble whatever it might be and walk around read some books with each other uh, y- you walk around a lake you're outdoors all of those are, are fun ways to spend time with each other and it costs you nothing yeah or, or even saying hey let's here's the challenge for this month is you've got 10 bucks to plan a date night and just be really creative and think outside the box part of it that's that's really fun that convicts and challenges me is is to think outside of the comfort zone and do something that we haven't done before. And so that might be being outside. It might be doing something adventurous. It doesn't cost money. And it it really creates an intentional fun experience for you and your spouse.
0: You know, Scott, what you're basically telling us is that there really is no excuse. really, Whether it be money, whether it be, oh, I don't have a lot of time. You're saying, no, you take advantage of the time that you have and the budget that you're working with. I love that challenge about, what can we do with ten dollars? Because, I, you know, I look at it in a more practical sense. If you were um, trying to feed your family and you only had ten dollars, you get creative. You, can, you get it. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's right. That's so right. why can't you do it when you're dating your wife?
2: Yeah. Oh, man, this is good stuff, man. This is really good. Now, hey, can, I give, can I give one more? there? Yeah, sure. Go right ahead. The most common thing is is the baby. If you've got young kids, you got to pay for a babysitter. And so I, I'm sure. A lot of, you know, a lot of your listeners do this already, but we have, we have some really good friends in our neighborhood that have kids that are around the same age as ours. And, and you know, if, if we we're going to go out on a four hour day, we're paying 50 bucks for, for a babysitter. So what we do is we get on the calendar with these friends and one Friday night a month, my wife will go watch their kids. And then another Friday night, uh, their wife will watch our kids that costs us nothing it saves babysitting money. We, we love their kids and they love ours. And so the, the win there is that we develop relationships with their kids and, and them with, with ours. And, and you save that's 50 bucks that I could spend you know, on a date night instead of paying for a babysitter. And so that, that's not always an option. Of course, the, the highest priority is to make sure your kids, if you got, you've got young kids, that they're safe and well cared for. But thinking outside the box of just doing a babysitting swap with someone else Will save you a lot of money.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I've heard that strategy before. And the thing is, if you want to do something bad enough, you'll find a way to do it. And the thing is, we as men have to want it bad enough. That's why I led with the first question about um, what's the importance. Why is it so important? Because I think a lot of guys also need still need to be convinced. Um, I mean, I enjoy being around my wife. She's my best friend, so I don't mind dating her. It's not a chore to me. The only thing I'm concerned about is that I'm not being creative enough and I'm am I boring her by taking her to the same places over and over again. And so you're helping me remedy that. So it's getting me real excited about um planning some new stuff that I've I've never done before with her. And so, but you're telling us that there really is no excuse. Now, Scott, I know this may sound like a weird question, but I need you to help us out because I'm just going to go there. All right. <laughs> when we're on a date with our, with our wives, because, you know, we love our wives. And typically on our mind is that, boy, what's going to happen at the end of the date? All right. We're, we're, we're thinking about sex <laughs> at the end of the night. Now, what other than sex, what should we, we be fo- what should we be focused on while we're on the date with our wives? Because you don't want it to think, oh, he's just pursuing me just to, get, <laughs> to have sex. What should we be focusing on to make her feel as if
2: she really is connected to us emotionally? It's good. I'm glad, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, yeah, because you know what? If you don't if you don't focus on her. On the date, then, then that next thing's not going to happen. Why would she <laughs> right, right? Yeah, and so I want, and I don't, I, I never, may, you know, I never want to pursue my wife or do do anything for her so I get something in return. Right, that, that just becomes like I don't want a conditional. Like I'm choking up. I do not want a conditional marriage that says I do this so I can get that. And you know, that's 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 what is a problem with so many of our marriages. Right, is that we we live out of this conditions. And I go, I'm so glad that, that God didn't put conditions on his relationship with us. And so, yeah, yeah. if marriage is supposed to be a picture of Christ's love for the church, then we've got to model his love and the way we pursue each other. And it's not a conditional thing. And so, so what do I focus on is, is a couple things. You know, I think we don't we try not to, to go in any conflict or hard conversations on a date night. And that doesn't mean you, you stuff it and avoid. But I, you know, if we're out on a date to have fun, we might just say, hey, we're in the middle of a tough conversation. Can we just put that on pause for a couple hours? Let's talk about it tomorrow and I'll be the one that will initiate the follow-up tomorrow. But I, I want to be able to just enjoy, have fun. We've got one rule that uh, we don't want to talk about my job and we don't want to talk about the kids the entire time we're on on the date like we don't want to just transact business and say make let's make sure we're on the same page and make sure the schedules align we just want to communicate and and ask questions and be intentional sometimes i'll bring with me you know three or four fun questions and maybe a couple serious ones but just to continue to get to know each other and then the other thing i'd say is you know I don't, I, i'm sure people will relate to me on this It's just our addiction to our phones, you know. I, 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 when I'm, when I've got my phone with me, I'm going to focus on my phone. I'm going to focus on email, social media. What's the, what sports scores are there? And so, you know, if you put your phone away, that will allow you to much better focus on your wife and date her in a better way.
0: Oh, Scott, this is good, man. You know, it seems like it's common sense and should be common knowledge, but it's not. And it's little things that you're saying that make make the difference if we're intentional. And now, and I'm just going to throw this out because you mentioned the conversation and it brought up something. You said no hard conversations, but about asking questions. Because um, there's some men who struggle with the communication part and they know they're going to be on a date. Yeah, I'm going to be with my date. I've been on a date with my wife, but I now, now that I think about it, you just took everything off the table I can talk about. Uh-huh. So give us some of your questions that you meant. You said you have maybe a few jotted down when you go on a date. What are some of the questions you ask, um, Kristen, when you're on a date?
2: Yeah, you know, I've had, I need to put these up on a blog post. I started oh, to. Oh, you don't
0: just, have it yet posted it. yet?
2: <laughs> no, no, it's all on a on a file somewhere. Uh, but but there's a, you know, I've got a combination of, of um, some serious ones of like, how can I better Pursue you around the house. How can I pray for you better? How can I lead spiritually? Which are great questions, but but the other side of them, there's like a list of twenty of them, and they're they're things like, um, uh, what was your favorite movie growing up? What um, if you could spend a Saturday any way you want right now? What would it be? Uh, what is your favorite memory from high school? What was your what was, what was your least favorite memory in high school? What concerts did you go to? in high school. that That's a hilarious one. In fact, I, I just found a, uh, I, I found like an old scrapbook for lack of a better word. And I had all of my ticket stubs from concerts I went to. And I pulled those out one time and it was like, this could be hours of conversation with my wife. I'm just telling funny stories from, you know, I was at like heavy metal. And then I went into the, you know, went from like kiss and poison to Janet Jackson to Michael Bolton and like all these just all over the place and so you know just things like that that spark really fun memories. Um, what are you reading right now? Uh, it, there's so much it's just common sense. Yeah, that- you know,
0: and Scott, what I'm thinking about, I'm going to beat you to the punch because um, I just thought about this and I'll send you a copy of it. Um, since you know, I, I love to communicate. i I'm, that's that's my my. My thing. And I created something on our website for men called Conversation Icebreakers. And I basically went through the alphabet pretty much. And so for every letter, there's a question that you ask. I knew what men we forget so if you say, I don't know what to ask, okay, what, what was the last letter that you remember that? so good. Uh-huh. And so I'll, I'll give you some of them, and I'm gonna share it because it's on our website and they can download it for free. They just need to go to our resource page and go to um Conversation Icebreakers when they see it. But um because when you said that it just prompt me. I said, Oh, that's cause I do it all the time. But I'll give you some examples. Um for is what's the best advice that um you ever received? And why Um, you mentioned books? That's B. What are the three best books you've ever read and why? C is what do you think you could do to become closer to God? The C is closer. D is decision. What's the best and worst decision you've ever made in your life? And I even have an E excuses. What are your top excuses you usually use to justify <laughs> your behavior? <laughs> Could you imagine that the conversation would come out of that?
2: That's a long conversation. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I
0: did each letter yeah. of the alphabet twice. So you're talking about over fifty something questions. I love it. And of course That's you're not gonna you're not gonna ask all those questions on a date. But just like you said, two or three to have in your craw when you're saying, man, you know it's getting kind of quiet and I I don't want to talk about the kids. What else could I ask her about? So if you pick a letter, I have a question for it. I think the only thing I struggled with was exes or something. <laughs> I don't think you want to talk about your ex on a date <laughs> with your wife. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Yeah, that's good. Don't do that. But that, that's good stuff now. Uh, let me ask you, because we're going to be transitioning um, shortly into the man of questions. But I got a couple of questions I want to squeeze in for you. Uh, I know you have four sons and you told me that they range from eight to 12. I think so you get twins, right? You told me this off the air and maybe this this next question should be safe for another show but what about date days with our daughter if you have a daughter how should it be different from spending time with your wife or is it pretty much like the same you're focused on them you know and it's not about you but is is there any nuances and differences between dating your daughter and dating your wife
2: it's a great question so i'll give a couple of thoughts and actually one of my next projects is to put together a you know, X number of date ideas for your kids. And so that's, that's one of the projects. I have Oh, coming. that's gonna be good. Yeah. 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 I, Cause I need that as well. You know? And so I one I'd say date your sons and your daughters. And so, you know, that just means again, intentional time with, with them one-on-one, you know, with four boys for me to get one-on-one time with any of them is a huge plus for them and for me. And, and then whether you've got sons or daughters, they're going to want to do something different. One of my boys loves to play sports. So every time I spend intentional time with him, we're doing something active, we're shooting hoops, we're throwing the football, we're kicking the soccer ball, we're, we're walking, you know, it's something that it's a more active day. One one of my boys loves to read. And so we go to, to Barnes and Noble and he loves it. Like that is his, it's his love language. It's like, he actually told me one time when we did that, said, I get one-on-one time with you I'm at Barnes and Noble, What more could a kid ever want? (laughs) Wow. And I I mean, I just Uh like, this is so sweet. So, so whether sons or daughters, just be intentional and whatever they're going to, whatever they're going to like. And and then if you've got a daughter, so I, you know, the only, the only thought I give, and I I could give this a lot more time and think through it more, but, but man, man, you've got to show your daughter how she needs to be treated. You, you have the opportunity to. Most a lot of a lot of young guys out there are just are just fools. Like I know what I was like as a as a fifteen year old and as a twenty year old. And you know my my agenda on a date night before Christ was how quickly can I get into bed with this girl. I know that's
0: right. I know right? that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. And so when when you take your daughter out on a date, you treat her like she is a queen. You you open the car door for her. You communicate with her. You Uh, You, you know, you open the door when you go to a restaurant, you're polite, you show her how you want her to be pursued. She is your, she's your daughter. And if she doesn't learn that from you, then she's not going to know how a guy should treat her moving forward. So the only, the only reason I know that is because I've got such amazing friends who have daughters and I've learned that from them. That's what they do is to treat her like a, like she's a queen and how a guy needs to treat her if he's ever going to take her out on a date.
0: Yeah, because my, you know, I have a daughter now. She's not my biological daughter, but we're really, really close and she's 14. So she's at the high school age and we have a a standing date day Um, is every other Saturday. Um, and I can tell you, you're absolutely right what you're saying. If anything, it's how I treat her. And I try not to be dad when I'm on the date. I just try to be an uh, interested man and in saying, this is how men should treat you. And she loves our time together. And I know we need to have a show specifically talking about dating your daughters, because I guess you're right. The most important thing is how you're treating her because um, you're training her. You're not training your wife when you're dating your wife, but you're training your daughter on how a man should treat a woman. And so, um, but yeah, that's definitely a topic that we need to do for another show. But I just wanted to get your insight. So I'm glad you shared what you did. Now, you, you've been sharing a lot of great stuff with us, Scott. And this is gonna be the last question before we go into the man of questions. And I wanna know, and I'm hoping um, Kristen will forgive us um, for you um, <laughs> exposing some intimate details. But obviously, you know, you've had a lot of dates with her. And can you share with us some of your favorite dates or I mean, one or two, I mean, not that many, but something. Yep. And why was it your favorite? What made it so special? Because I, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating you're going to share something. We're thinking that wasn't that big of a deal, <laughs> but <laughs> no, it meant no. a lot to you and a lot to her. Could you share with us
2: one or two? Yeah, sure. Uh, okay. So, uh, we've started a, a tradition a couple of years ago when it's up, when it's our anniversary, we clear the calendar and it, you know, it might not be on the exact date of our anniversary. But sometime that week, we, uh, we, we do a date day. And so we spend time together. We drop the kids off. We make sure they're covered from, you know, from school being over until five o'clock. And the the most fun one we did is it was here in Dallas. We went to uh, a new coffee shop that we wanted to try out. We went to a, there's a new grocery store, Trader Joe's that just had opened. And so got great coffee. We went to, um, uh to the Trader Joe's and got some some snacks that we wanted. And then we went to the, the uh George Bush Museum and Library just opened up here in Dallas. And so we spent three hours there just walking around the uh the museum which was it was just awesome. It was different than anything we'd done before. Uh we grabbed a, a burger at a place that we'd never been before. And so a couple things in that I think that were really fun. It was just everything was new and novel and different. And, and you're right, it wasn't like it's so unimpressive. We went and got coffee. We went grocery shopping. Got a so, burger. So we got, yeah, we got a burger, and we went to a museum. How boring is that? You know? But but the, I think that it was planned out and it was intentional and it was and, and it was such a big win for us. And so some you know I think that just getting outside of that routine and rut and trying something new and different was really fun for us
0: right and so that and that's what i'm I'm gathering from that it was the new and different doesn't matter if it was monumental but that it was different and new and something that was fresh and so yeah so thanks for sharing it man i really appreciate it and now it's time it's time scott for us to transition and get into the man up questions and basically like i told you before these are five basic questions that we ask starting with the letters manup and all they require is fearless honesty which I'm sure you're not going to have a problem with it all, Scott. So the question is, are you ready, dude? I'm ready. Bring it on. All right. And we'll get right back to our conversation with Scott right after this short break. How would you like to hang out with some of the men you've been listening to? Better yet, what if I could bring them right to you? With our Real Men Connect app, you can now have instant access to me and my brothers from another mother 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now just think about it, what if you could gain access to more than 1,570 plus years of combined husband, father, spiritual leadership, and manhood experience when you need it the most? Well now you can. Just go to the App Store on your iPhone, Android or mobile device and type in the word Real Men Connect and press download. That's it. It's that simple and it's free. You'll gain instant access to more than 100 interviews, man training videos, articles, daily motivational messages, access to resources just for men, and much, much more. So don't just sit there, download it. And if you really want to bless us, rate the app for us. But more importantly, share it with another brother. Now back to the podcast. Welcome back, mighty men of God. I'm back here with our guest, Scott Kadersha, and he's the director of premarital and newly married ministries at Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. And he's ready to tackle the man up questions. And he's been talking to us about dating our wives. And man, he's um, shared with so much great information that I'm even excited to um, start trying some new stuff with my wife. So you said you're ready for the man up questions. Let's start with the first one, Scott. And the letter, st- letter is M and it stands for mistake. Now, we're going to refer back to dating, Kristen, for you. And what was the biggest mistake, looking back now, that you made when you were dating her? I mean, it could have been before you guys got married, after you got married. What was one of the biggest mistakes that you made with
2: her, and what did you learn from it? Oh, man, so many. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, I, <laughs> so I'm figuring, I'll tell you this this is going to be for some of you guys. If you got guys that are not married yet, but hope to be married. Is uh, the first time Kristen and I dated. I'm going to get really serious here and vulnerable. We we did not pursue each other in the right way, and so we weren't um, we weren't sexually active, but we crossed all kinds of boundaries. And and man, as a as a guy now who leads premarital couples, I, I share that story often and just go. I wish I had done that part of our relationship differently. And, and the good thing is, yeah, yeah, I know that so many of our stories. The good thing is God has redeemed that, and we actually we broke up uh, when we we were dating and broke up, and we both got really serious about Jesus. The second time we dated was radically different, Uh, you know, and we pursued each other with purity, and 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 it was a a totally different relationship with each other. Yeah, and God God's used that story. It's not you know my kids will know that story, and I tell it to. Couples all the time, and just go. Here's where where I missed it big time, and here's where you have an opportunity to either change your path moving forward or continue to make good decisions. And so, uh, you know, just on the pre-married side, that was definitely my my biggest mistake was was not honoring Kristen because of what I wanted selfishly.
0: You know, and it's, and it's a great lesson for all of us. We're, you know, when we give our lives to Christ, we're always going to have a testimony. The Word tells us that we are we're, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony. And the question is, is it going to be a testimony of what we did right or what we wish we could have changed? But either way, God is going to get the glory. And that's what you mean by He's redeemed this, that He's getting glory, even though it's something that you wish you could go back and change. Because I feel the exact same way, Scott, so I'm feeling you on that one, man. Now, the A represents attitude, and you work with enough couples and work with enough men to be able to answer this question. If you could change in, uh, one attitude in men when it comes to dating their wives, um, what would that
2: be? I think the attitude of complacency, and we don't have time, and uh, uh, there's too many other things to do, and so I don't have the, the time to pursue my wife or to be creative. And so just a complacent bored attitude that (laughs) that you'll continue on the if you like what you're doing you know know, keep doing it but if you don't if you don't like where you are and you keep doing the same things you're not going to end up in a good spot and so just this complacent lackadaisical attitude i think affects so many guys and it's certainly my uh you know apart from christ when i'm not abiding that's where i would go as well
0: you know, I ask that question, obviously, to uh, most of the men who come on our show, these man-up questions. And, and I ask it in a different way with you about dating, with, with mm-hmm. the, if you change an attitude. But it seems to be the pattern and the theme, which tells me that's a clue, that most of the men who come on our show, when I ask them, if there's an attitude they can change in men, it typically centers around passivity, apathy, and complacency. Now, that's, that's a clue. And so obviously it doesn't just affect just being a spiritual leader of your family. We're talking about dating your wife, spending time with your children, um, being a good steward of your finances. It's this complacency, apathy, passivity, which tripped up Adam in the garden in the first place. And so it's just crazy how that still is haunting us as men even today. But I'm glad that um, you made made that aware that we can even do it when it comes to dating our wives. Now, the N stands for next, Scott, and... Obviously, you're doing some great work in in working with couples and everything. But if let's dream big now, what would be the next big thing you would do um, or attempt to do for God if you couldn't fail in ministry? What would you be doing?
2: Okay, can I give you two? I'm going to give you one. Sure, person, go right one, ahead. one personally and one ministry. So personally, uh, I ju- I'm just about to sign my first contract for for a book. And Congratulations! So like, thank you, thank you. I'm really pumped about it. So I'm writing a a premarried book that that I hope will change the way that Couples will pursue each other and think about marriage that's biblical, Christ-centered, and practical and really authentic. So that's my next big thing personally. And then we have a really big dream at, at our church for marriage ministry of, you know, really, we want to see the church becoming the place where every city and every community, where they, where they see the place to be equipped and trained about marriage. We want so we want to be like a university. We want to be a hospital where when things are are not good, that the couples will come to the church to get help and healing. We wanna be like a, almost like a gym where you come to get strengthened. And so we, we have this big dream here in our church that when it comes to marriage ministry, we wanna help other churches as well to really think about themselves as being like the university, the hospital and the gym when it comes to strengthening couples. Instead of couples running away from the church when they want help or when they're in crisis, we want them to run to God's people. So that's that's like the drum that we continually beat, that the church should be that place for, for men, for women, for couples.
0: You know, and Scott, as you say that, um, what a great vision. But the sad thing about it, that's what the church should be now. <laughs> like, wow, because I say, what a great idea. What a great concept. I say, Wait a minute. That's what the church should be, <laughs> and so that's great. So I'm I'm assuming then that your your um, the leadership in your church they have the same vision with that as well.
2: They do. Yep, I've got an incredible boss who's one of my best friends in the world. He is a, a great great visionary and is really leading the charge. And so that's one of the things we do is we don't just build marriages here. We uh, we're called. And part of what we do is to help other churches when it comes to marriage ministry.
0: Oh, that is awesome. And hey, man, we definitely have to keep in contact because as you guys are moving towards that vision, I would love to find out about some of the work that you're doing, because it could be a model for other churches to to kind of emulate. So um, thanks for sharing that. Now let's get to the U. The U uh, represents understand, understand. And when you were younger, Scott, what was the one thing you didn't understand um, about dating, <laughs> but you know now? Other, and could you mention before and which I think a lot of men relate to about not being honoring towards the, the woman that we're dating. but beyond that, um, what did you understand about dating that you understand
2: better now? Yeah, it's good. So I think this, I think this will answer this. Uh, you know my uh, my struggle with pornography, I, I had to get really serious and go there, but that's just no, that's such fun. a. Yeah, and I know you go there often with with your guests. so I, I think if I knew just how much that would still mess me up, you know, so many guys think, "Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm looking at porn when I'm before I get married, and I won't look after." And, you know, by God's grace, I, I'm not anywhere near where I used to be, and haven't looked in a while. But that that desire is always there. You know, the temptation, the uh, social media, the desire to click on a hashtag or go look at somebody's profile, and I think so much of that was driven by, you know, by those desires that were. Created in me and that I pursued uh, years ago down the road with pornography, and I wish I knew how much that would still affect my life, my marriage. You know, so that's with my kids. That's that's the one of the things I continually just pray for them always and discuss with them is, you know, is how dangerous and how harmful porn is. And so, fort, you know, fortunately, again, as you said a few minutes ago, you know, God's God's grace covers that, and I know that there's no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, but but I still deal with some of the consequences of it now from years and years of bad decisions.
0: You know, and Scott, uh, many men, including myself, can relate to that because we wish we could turn back the hands of time and um, I guess put that that monster back in the closet. Because just like you said, that now that we're in ministry and God has redeemed us, um, people think, okay, now that they're doing this stuff, that means they never really still battle with this stuff. No, the temptation is always still there. It's like, it's always present. The way I describe it, I said that, they said, Joe, you mean, because it destroyed my marriage, my first marriage. And they say, well, Joe, you've been doing great now for so many years. And you've been, you know, I said, well, I said, here's the way I describe it. And I think this is what you, what you were saying is that I'm not what I used to be back then. But then that knock was, they were breaking, that that temptation was breaking down the door. I said, guess what? There still is a knock. It's just a lot lighter. But you just wish the knock never happened. And there's nothing you can really do about that because we live in a society, they tell us today that you don't have to pursue porn. Porn pursues you. And so you can't get away from it. So um, I'm glad you you shared that with us because there, I think a lot of men wish we could go back and put that thing back into the box before it came out. But you know, it is what it is. But thank God we serve a, a mighty God. And that's why we depend and trust in him because we couldn't do it without his help.
2: That's right. That's right. Now, yeah. let
0: me get, ask you the last question. This is the P and it stands for
2: problem. And even as a mighty man of God, even today, what problem in your life do you still struggle with? I can give several. I think the the biggest one for me is, uh, is that I'm not, I I don't steward my body in a way that, that really honors God, meaning that, that I'm, I'm an overweight middle aged guy. And so I'm not physically, I'm not in the shape I want to be. I'm not honoring God. I'm not setting the example for other couples. I lead for my kids, my wife, you know, especially sure before, you know, my dad died of heart disease when, uh, when I was uh, when I was young, and so I know I've got that in my genes and genetics that you know heart problems are probably coming my way, and so I, I'm just the biggest thing I'm facing. And you know today, this week, I'm doing fantastic. I am fully yielded to the spirit and open with community, but I, but I'm dealing with years and years of, of bad decisions when it came to food and exercise and this. Completely off topic of what we talked about, but just I'm not leading myself. Have not led myself physically well, and so it's the biggest problem. But it's also, it's also the greatest opportunity in my life right now as well. Where, yeah, you know, God could choose to take me out on a car ride home today, and if that's what happens, so be it. But but I've uh, determined at least today and prayerfully moving forward that that if I'm going to go, it's it's while I'm honoring God and being faithful. Uh, moving forward with the way I eat, the way I exercise, the way I sleep. And, and it's, a, it's the biggest problem I'm facing, but it's also the biggest opportunity in front of me right now.
0: Scott, I can't thank you enough for um, not just answering the man-up questions so transparently and, and honestly, but for that last answer. Man, it's been over 100 episodes, over 100, and you're the first to um, say that about being a good steward of your body. And the reason why I say it's remarkable because my wife is in health and fitness. And so I have no choice. I got to live a healthy lifestyle. <laughs> she's going to kill me. If I don't kill myself with Krispy Kreme donuts, she's going to kill me. But, but the thing is, because she's in that industry, I know the truth of the matter. And, I have to, and I'm have And i just guessing here, because I haven't met every guest on the show. I would assume that probably the majority of the men I've had on this show battle with being a good steward of their bodies. Um, because I've had guys come on the show to talk about health. Um, And I know because I know how much it is a struggle for me. And if it wasn't for my wife, I think I'd be struggling even more. So for you to say that, I'm I'm hoping that because I hope that some man out there is listening and it blesses him to say, you know what? Okay, I can be prospering in all these other areas of my life. But if I'm not taking care of the temple that God has given me of the Holy Spirit where he resides and he gave me as a gift then I'm not being a good steward of that. He wants us to be a good steward of all of it, not just our wives and our children and our finances, but also of our bodies. So thank you for sharing
2: that, man. I really appreciate that. Thanks for the encouragement. I appreciate it.
0: And we reached the end of our show, Scott, believe it or not. And guys, I I thank you guys for listening today. And um, don't worry, we'll be back and do it all again next week with a new guest, with new insights and new lessons. So make sure you don't miss it. And I'd like to thank my guest, Scott Kadersha, for being so gracious with his time and blessing us tremendously and blessing me tremendously. Thank you so much, Scott.
2: Thank you for having me. What a privilege. I loved your questions and what you're doing. So thank you. For the opportunity. Oh, my pleasure.
0: And Scott, if they wanted to find out more, because we kept talking about the 124 dating ideas, but we didn't give them your blog or your website address. If they wanted to find out how to get access to this information or get access to you, what would be the best way for them to connect with you?
2: Yeah, great. So the biggest challenge will be spelling my name. <laughs> yeah, so. get, do it slowly for like us. like <laughs> Joe Martin. It's, yeah, that's right. Scott. <laughs> yes. So it's Kadersha.com. So S-C-O-T-T. K-E-D-E-R-S-H-A dot com. And so that'll that'll bring you to my homepage. You can go, if you want the date night guide, go to com slash 2017. So the number 2017 dash date dash guide. That will get you the most updated and recent. There's another one that will get you there. You can go to com slash date night one word will also get you there. And That's an older post, but it will redirect. And, and then the other one would just be scottkaderesha.com about slash about dash Scott. That's just the about me page. You get to see a picture of my my lovely wife. And then that has a collection of, I think, some of the, you know, the most uh, trafficked posts on my site and a little bit more about me.
0: Yeah. And what we'll do, we'll put all that information in the show notes form as well. And so the main thing is going to your website at scottkadercia.com and that's K-E-D-E-R-S-H-A dot com. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. And to all you guys out there listening, please do us a favor. Please. And it's just a small favor, and this is so important. Take about 30 seconds to go over to iTunes and rate the program. There's a reason, why, guys, why we're rated the number one podcast in the country with Christian men, because you guys are leaving reviews and making it easy for others to find us. So please bless us and bless others by doing a little quick review for us as well. And please don't keep us a secret, share us with your friends. Until next time, I'm Dr. Joe Martin, your man builder with realmenconnect.com, reminding you that we are males by birth, but we are men by choice. So each and every day, choose to be the man God called and created you to be because a male is a terrible thing to waste. So until next time, stay strong, stay blessed, and as always, stand God's grip. Thank
1: you for listening to the Real Men Connect podcast with Dr. Joe Martin. Real Men Connect isn't just a podcast, it's a mission, ministry, and movement to help good men become the great men God called and created us to be. And the best is yet to come. So if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and leave us a review in iTunes. It really helps us to build the podcast and to reach, teach, and impact more men, all for the glory of God. And make sure you check out realmenconnect.com to get our free tools and resources to help you go from good man to great man, God's way. Again, that's RealMenConnect.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see
0: you in the next episode. Real Men Connect is a listener-supported podcast, and we're now the number one radio podcast on iTunes for Christian men. If this podcast has blessed you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to bless and transform the lives of even more husbands, fathers, sons, and leaders, please prayerfully consider supporting this ministry. Just go to realmenconnect.com and click on the donate button. And may God bless your faithful giving.